Welcome to The Way Home with Laura Smith, the show that brings you wonderful guests, helpful advice, and uplifting stories. The Way Home. Be inspired. Here's your host, Laura Smith. Wonderful to be with you guys tonight, per usual. Happy uh, always to spend time talking to wonderful people, sharing them with you, and also good news, as we always do at the end, and uh, great information, too, hopefully making your life a little richer in some way, form, or another. Well, tonight's uh, program, I'm really excited to have on a friend of mine, Elliot Lewis. Elliot Lewis is an amazing musician. Um, He plays multiple instruments, but um, you probably have seen him if you have watched Live from Daryl's House, which I can't imagine if you haven't, because it's really one of the most exciting and wonderful, uh, longstanding uh, shows, digital shows that have come out. And now um, a lot of TV stations have taken it over live from Daryl's house. Um, He performs it with uh, Daryl Hall from Hall & Oates. He talks about his career traveling with them his whole life. Uh, Well, his musical life and also average white band. And now he's a solo artist and has been actually for many years and has many albums out, beautiful music as well. So very excited to talk to Elliot Lewis today. We're also going to be talking um, about now something that had passed already was Colon Cancer Awareness Month. That was way back in March already. But I have a wonderful um, timely interview because it's always time to think about ways to prevent any um, type of cancer whatsoever. And I have Eddie Olchick. He was actually an NFL all-star and he battled that, wrote a book about overcoming it and how it transformed his life for the better. And Dr. Michael Ruckham, he's also uh, joining in that important conversation. And then of course, good news with none other than Jim Cleefield, the guru of good news. And uh, we'll have a lot of fun with that. And, and Bob Small, my engineer at the end of the program to launch you off into your week. And all of this is made possible by a wonderful company and an incredible product called Balance of Nature. It's fruits and veggies in a capsule, fruits and veggies in a capsule. Also, they have one other product, which is called Fiber and Spice. We're talking 100% food here. Nothing added, not a single thing added. Even the capsules that the fruits and veggies come in are veggie capsules. So there is nothing um, that is uh, created in a laboratory or uh, put in to, to try to make it uh, better or enhance it because you can't do that with not natural food. It is the way it is. And that's the best way to have it is in its purest form. And nobody knows how to do it like balance of nature. It's an immune bo- booster. It's an energy booster. It is a really incredible way for you to get 31 variety of fruits and vegetables into your system every single day um, and 11 servings, which is what we're supposed to be having. Not one, not two, not a, just one green salad. No, we're supposed to have 11 servings of fruits and vegetables per day. You can only do it one way, and that's by ordering Balance of Nature. And so many people are interested in boosting their immune system, especially over this past year and going forward. How do you get it? Well, you go to balanceofnature.com. You can order it online, or you can call them at 800-2468-751. 800-2468-751. No matter how you do order it, make sure you put Laura into the promo code. That will afford you 35% off your first preferred order and free shipping. So balanceofnature.com, Laura in the promo code. When we come back, Elliot Lewis, great music. Don't go away. Balance of Nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. Since I've been taking it, 
I can actually wear a pair of sandals because the pain sometimes would be so bad, I would never wear a pair of sandals. Now, I could drive the car with sandals. My feet don't hurt me. I used to go to bed at night, and my feet used to keep me up all night long. No more. My feet haven't bothered me since I've been taking this. I could even walk barefoot, which I could never do before. I really feel great. I really, really do. I feel uh, like, I, like I used to feel, you know? Whole fruits and vegetables are the perfect fuel to power the cells in your body, giving you the stamina you need to handle your day-to-day activities. And that's what Balance of Nature is. Whole fruits and vegetables delivered to you in a convenient capsule form for only 22 cents a serving. Balance of Nature provides you with a natural energy boost without a caffeine crash, a 3 o'clock slump, or an early bedtime. Our proprietary blend has no additives or fillers, just the full nutritional value of 31 different fruits and vegetables. I think this stuff works. I don't seem to have the highs and the lows. You know how sometimes you get real slow and low during the day? And I'm a type A guy, so I go a lot. And I'm more alert, and it seems like I don't seem to feel famished. And it's not very expensive. And the idea of having that freeze-dried or that nutrient in that capsule... And who's going to eat all those vegetables? You know, most of us don't eat right anyway. So whatever the science behind this, I think balance of nature is a great idea. And I'm going to probably stay with it until I drop. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code Laura. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. It's great to be with you, everybody. And I've been so excited about this because I have had this gentleman on my program before, but it was way back when, when it was back in New York on WABC. But we have uh, merged into other parts of the country, such as Chicago and uh, Connecticut. So speaking of Connecticut, he is such an incredible musician and i first got wind of him when i started binging on live from daryl's house and i can't even remember how many years ago that was but i was so taken with this multi-instrumentalist with the big smile the bright blue eyes and the blonde hair and his name is elliot lewis and eventually uh he came on my show he was nice enough to grace me with that a few years ago and now he's back again but so much going on in his busy life and in the beautiful music that he makes uh, that you just heard, Smile. We open the show with Smile. Um, I love that song. And Elliot Lewis, thank you for coming on. I bet you don't realize this, but I just saw you a couple weeks ago in Chicago. You know, I knew I found out that you were there and I, I don't know why we weren't able to like, you know, say hi and have a quick meeting. It was a little bit uh, strange circumstances the way it was done. But um, I'm so glad you got a chance to see that. That it was absolutely, absolutely <laughs> spectacular. Todd Rundgren's uh, his clearly human tour, which he did a la, a la COVID and there were only 19 people in the audience, and I was so grateful to be one of them. And then the rest of the millions of people were watching from home. It was a virtual concert, but it was done on stage over a course of many weeks. And you, um, obviously, uh, well, you played, did you play just the piano um, during that whole concert? Yes, it was just a keyboard role for me on that. 
you know, he had so many incredible musicians. So, you know, as you probably know, that the selection of material that he chose to do those shows with was very keyboard intensive. So, you know, he asked me to do it. I was so flattered and it came out of the blue. You know, it was the end of last year and, and he, he reached out for me to do this. And uh, I was so surprised. But, you know, I was like, well, that's Todd. He's such an innovator and he's going to do this very extensive virtual tour. So I was so happy to be a part of it. It was an incredible yes, but, experience. And you must have felt honored because Todd Rundgren, he only, only hires the best of the highest level musicians that there are available in the world. And he chose you. So that's a big deal. I know he's friends with uh, Daryl Hall and John Oates for a deck, you know, literally 50 years or something. Yeah. And you play with um, Daryl Hall. Let's tell people a little bit about your incredible background in music you've been playing your whole life basically and you're like what four instruments you play yeah basically i rotate between four instruments and sing yep yep yeah, so i, I you know i started as a drummer uh I, I i played drums probably for the first six or seven years of my life and then i i uh i was around a lot of music my mom was a classical pianist so two older brothers that turned me on to all this incredible music from the the 70s late late 60s early 70s and uh so i went from drums to uh to guitar and then to bass and then to keyboards became a writer and kind of an engineer a producer but then i um th as fate would have it i i, I met uh, one of the members from the average white band joined the average white band and that lasted far beyond what i ever expected it was basically like 15 years with average white band wow. and that l really led me into hall and oates because daryl and the original bass player from the average white band had been friends they were on atlantic records together since the 70s so they were good friends and uh, the, the, the situation came up where I was ready to move on from the average white band and, and Daryl had seen me perform a couple of times and invited me to play. And, and then of course that led into, uh, meeting and working with Todd and into this newest adventure, you know, with the virtual shows and of course Daryl's house. So it's been uh, just mind boggling to me how it all unfolded. <laughs> it's incredible. And you obviously are your prodigy and, a, and so just somebody who is just so prolific and in and, and so many ways. But yes, you have your own music. You have how many albums? Is it five or six or seven or? You, you know, technically, I have probably put out close to 10 of my own CDs over the years. They're not all available now. And I'm kind of going through this process of um, of bringing some of the songs back to life in a new form, but I've, I've written a lot of material. So, you know, it's always a balance being your own artist, putting out your own music and working with all these other people, you know, and touring and you're touring yeah. right now. You're getting back on the road again. Is it, is it really happening? Elliot, are people going to be able to go <laughs> see shows really soon? Well, we certainly hope so. It, every sign is pointing in the right direction. Um, you know, for my own shows and my own career, I'm playing obviously much, much smaller places than, than uh, Hall & Oates typically do. You know, t Hall & Oates are playing arenas and, you know, big sheds, uh, 10 to 15,000 seats. So we're hoping by later in the summer, those kind of those level shows open up and, and we're on schedule. They, they're hoping to play in August. 
Um, but, you know, like I said, I'm doing much smaller shows and I can do these smaller uh, socially distanced outdoor shows with no problem right now. So I'm starting to work a lot and, you know, worked with Todd over the winter. So I kind of feel like I haven't really stopped. <laughs> yeah, which is just wonderful because I know a lot of artists were really struggling just, I think, emotionally. Um, I know. Musically I know. and in every way. So I'm so happy for you. You have such a beautiful voice, by the way. I always I always Thank felt you. that you sounded a little bit like John Bon Jovi. Really? I, I yeah, wow. I don't know if anyone's ever told you that, but that's that's who you remind me of. Like you, you're ah. all your own and you've got a beautiful, yeah. beautiful um range and set of pipes, just gorgeous voice. Oh, and thank then you. you write these lovely songs. Some of them are beautiful ballads and then other ones are like heavy rock and some are bluesy. I mm-hmm. mean, you can do anything and be anything musically. So this is probably one of the reasons why the you know the top players in the world want you to come on board because you you are so flexible in that sense and yet you know still good at all of it so it's not like you're watered down because you're you play so many instruments you're so good at what you do but i just think that you you have such a gift um what is so tell us a little bit about your latest music what do you what are you kind of going towards um with your songs right now a lot of them are love songs i've seen i've noticed yeah, there's there's a mix, you know, sometimes I, I sort of venture off into new areas of writing lyrics where I get away from writing romantic songs, um, just because so many songs are about that subject. But but of course, you know, I write what's happening in my life and how I'm feeling and what I'm going through. So it's just really a reflection. And I'm a little bit you know, I'm a little bit diverse in the music I put out because, like you said, I, I love rock. I grew up on the rock stuff, but then I had all these years playing funk and soul, uh, and I love funk music. And, uh, you know, even like a little bit of country, um, you know, I have that song Smile that has a little bit of country. And I, I don't ever intentionally say I'm going to write a country song. It just really comes out. And if something starts kind of bubbling up that feels good that's going to be a strong song you just let it happen you don't really try to you know dictate where it's going to go you just want it to come out (laughs) right but the music is just always so melodic so gorgeous even in in your your rock your heavy rock tunes um let's talk a little bit about live from daryl's house because did you know when it started how many years has it been now is it 10 years 15 years it's maybe even more. Um, you know, technically, uh, we haven't done any new episodes for a couple of years. Uh, it's. I think it's. We stopped uh, at. I think it was um, Tommy Shaw from Sticks. It was right around then. Um, so you know, it. Yeah, I can't remember the year it started. I want to say around two thousand eight or nine, something like that. But it went on on for almost ten years. And of course, it was just an incredible experience. I mean, we all had the feeling because it's Daryl starting the show that it was going to turn into something, but it turned into, I think, more than any of us ever expected, you know, Um, and just I would have never dreamed in a million years I would have worked with so many people and so many of my heroes, you know, so many people that I grew up loving and listening to, you know, Joe Walsh and Cheap Trick and Oh my God, Billy Gibbons and just on and on, you know. Uh, yes, the OJ's, I mean, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, it, it was everybody. That was the that's the beauty of live from Daryl's house. It's it's not just one one thing. And I loved how yeah. it used to start off with a meal between the band, a local yeah. chef up in Pauling, New York. I think it was Pauling, 
Yep. Um, and uh, and then so you got to see this incredible camaraderie between all the musicians that were invited up there to play in his barn. Then you'd go out to the barn and have this outrageous jam session with the, the world's best musicians ever. And I mean, I cannot tell you how many times I, I would watch them over and over. I can, I'm trying to think of some of them that were my favorites. Well, the Todd Rundgren one, Jimmy yeah. Wayne. That was a huge one when Jimmy Wayne sang Sarah Smile. That changed my life. And I ended up yeah. having him on my show a few times. He's such an incredible guy. But I know, um, I know. Yeah, Chromio. I mean, I, there were just so many. And then classic rock stars that you guys played with. And you're in yeah. all of them. And um, it, it really was astounding to me. The, the vocals and the musicianship was just so high level. Daryl Hall doesn't sound like he's any older than a 30 year old in his vocals, you're the same way. Um, I guess for some people, you as long as you didn't live a hard rocking life of booze and, <laughs> and smoking and all this kind of stuff, you, yeah, I guess you can maintain your voice because you look like you're 30 also and, and you have your voice is stellar. And oh, I thanks. think it's amazing because a lot of these old rockers, you know, they, they have the recognition. They don't have the voice anymore. You guys are completely yeah. different from that. So, well, you, you have to, about? you know, you have to, um, uh, you know, all the, all the, the, the usual things you have to take care of yourself. I, for one, grew up in a little clique and uh, of musicians when we started together and we had looked back to what was going on before us and all these incredible musicians died of overdoses so we said when we were kids we're not going to do drugs and i never did any drugs and um, just tried to take care of myself you know you have to work at it of course to keep your voice in shape because you kind of lose some of the muscle uh that you have when you're younger um but, you know, you, you adapt to what you have to work with. Uh, Daryl, for instance, he, I think you're right. I mean, his voice sounds better now than I think. And he even says that himself. He says, I've grown into the voice that I always wanted, you know, because huh. um, it sounds richer and fuller now. And he's just he's a passionate guy. So he's a, it's a great uh, thing to be around, you know, and it kind of rubs off on everybody. And it's a great team of musicians that we're doing live from Daryl's house. You know, we a lot of us had worked together in Average White Band or in different projects. So, you know, we have a chemistry and a camaraderie that makes it easy. You, you really look forward to seeing these people and playing yes. some music with them, you know. Absolutely. It was just it was so familiar after a while of watching all the episodes. And I, I couldn't honestly pick out one that was better than the other. And just the beautiful synergy between the band itself and. Um, really something special. And I think for, you know, for everything that the world is going through, it is just so important to have these, these nuggets of mm. just of harmony and happiness and, and art and yeah. just all of this happening. And it really, it, and it means a lot and you can still find it. And I think live from Daryl's house is also on different various TV platforms in addition yeah. to digital, correct? Yes, I believe it is. Yep. And I think they were they were looking for a new home for it. And I think it will at some point uh, resurface in probably a streaming situation. And hopefully there'll be um, I know Access TV was supposed playing it recently and still are, I guess. Um, but I, I think it will resurface and we'll we'll get into new production for shows. There's such a, a fan base out there and so many fans for the show. So um, right. it really deserves a, a new life. 
Elliot Lewis, will there be any new episodes of that or is, has Daryl moved on and you're doing your own projects now? What, what, what's to, to come for that? And then also for your own projects, where are you going um, with your music? Well, yeah, I, I, you know, I mean, you know, this past year with COVID was definitely a good chance uh, necessary for us to get all off the road. Um, so I spent a lot of time creating and writing and doing videos and, you know, producing some songs, recording some songs. So I'm at the point where I almost have a, a new record uh, of material uh, recorded and ready to release. So certainly this year I'll put a new record out myself and a lot of touring and I have a lot of shows coming up, a lot of things booked. Um, like I was saying, we're hoping that Hall and Oates are able to get back on tour later in the year. Um, and we hope, obviously, you know, uh, Daryl's show gets, um, uh, you know, gets back on track. Uh, we, we love doing it. We always look forward to doing it. Like I said, there's such a big audience out there for it. So uh, I think it's just a matter of time. Well, and I want people to find you and your solo work as well, because you are great. I love your videos. They're beautifully shot. I know you're Thank a photographer you. as well, correct? Yeah, I am. Yeah, we, it's always been a hobby of mine. So it's always kind of run simultaneously into my music career. You know, uh, I love it. And, and you know, when I joined Hall & Oates, um, T-Bone, who passed on years ago, had seen love some him. of my, yeah, had seen some of my black and white photography and, and said, Daryl, you should check out some of Elliot's photography. And Daryl saw some of, of it and basically invited me to start shooting Daryl and John. So I, you know, on the, I'm on the road with them and not only am I playing music, but now I'm doing some other photography, you know, the press shots and <laughs> stuff for the record covers. And, uh, so it's, it's been an incredible experience, you know. Well, it's just beautiful and it's just I'm so happy for you that you get to continue doing what you love and that even as recently as I when I saw you a couple of weeks ago in Chicago yeah. but I want everybody to know your name and know who you are when they whether they see you online from Daryl's house or at a Daryl uh, Hall and John Oates concert or with Todd or just on your own I want them to find you Elliot Lewis um, is the name elliotlewis.com is the website and Elliot has one L and one T. Don't put an extra anything. Either you don't Correct. need anything extra. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot, I've just enjoyed you over the years very much, and you you make the world a more beautiful place. Thank you for joining us today on the way home. It's it's pure honor and pleasure. Oh, my pleasure, Laura. Great to see you and talk to you again. I wish you well and all the best with everything. Thank you so much. And we're going to go out on a, a song written during COVID when this is all over. It's Elliot Absolutely. Lewis, everyone. Definitely check it out when this is all over. Elliot Lewis, lots of love. Thank you, Laura. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. Well, March being colorectal cancer awareness month, I think it's really important to have people who can give us a heads up about really what to be looking for um, when it comes to colorectal cancer, which apparently is the third most common cancer that's diagnosed in both men and women and the second leading cause of cancer death in the United States. So very crucial. Dr. Michael Ruckham is here today, gastroenterology specialist at Northwestern Medicine Digestive Health Center in Chicago, and Eddie Olchick, who's a former NHL All-Star and an RSN analyst for the Chicago Blackhawks. Thank you both for joining me for this extremely important topic, gentlemen. Hi, Laura. Laura, hi. Thank you. Well, um, I learned that my grandmother passed 
away a year before I was born, and, and she had colon cancer. It was not detected early, and she, she was young. She was only 58 or 59, and, and I think I just wish so much that had things been like they are now, uh, they would have been able to find it and, and possibly saved her life. Tell us about um, how regular screening, doctor, increases uh, the early detection and prevention of colorectal cancer. Um, I know it, things have just developed so greatly over the years, and it brings a lot of hope to people. Yeah, well, so Laura, colon cancer is one of the truly preventable cancers. Um, we know that if people got regular screening, and nothing's ever 100%, but you reduce the risk of colon cancer by 90%. And, and right now, you know, the risk in, in a man is 1 out of 23, and in a woman, it's 1 out of 25. So it's essentially the same. The whole point of this is to get checked when you feel fine, because polyps, which are benign growths, which have a potential to change to colon cancer, um, they rarely do. However, most colon cancer started as a polyp. So the, the point is, see the polyp, remove it, don't even give it a chance to change. Most of these things will take at least 10 years from a polyp to colon cancer if it's destined to go that way. So get your screening when you're feeling fine. It used to be age 50 because the increased risk of colon cancer in younger people is occurring, the new guideline is start screening at 45. Um, they're, they're actually, since 94, there's been a 50% increase in colorectal cancer in people under 50. So that's the whole point. Get checked early. Colonoscopy is the gold standard. Um, it allows you to see things the best. And it, if you see a polyp, you can remove it right then and there. I see. And if you could tell us, doctor, what are some of the symptoms and signs that someone, well, okay, granted, you're supposed to start getting checked now at 45, but let's say between after you have your first one at 45 and when you're 48, um, you might be experiencing polyps or something. How would you know? So polyps, you, in general, you would never feel. So if there is a symptom, something a little bit more is, is likely occurring. I mean, if you had a really big polyp, it might ooze a little blood, but that's very uncommon. Um, but the symptoms that would alert you to say, I, I should talk to a doctor, and, and again, Laura, you got to be really careful because people can, can drive themselves crazy looking things up and then thinking that there's something worse than there is. But most of these are going to be benign with very simple explanations. However, if you have a change in your bowels, so the stool is now suddenly very loose or it's coming out thin like a pencil on a regular basis, not once, but that's the new norm. Or you used to be more regular and now you're missing two or three days and there's been this change. That would be a sign to just at least get it evaluated. Um, if you've never been screened, that might be the impetus to say, let's just, it's probably nothing. It may be age-related or food or, or lack of fluid or lack of exercise, but let's check it out. There could be blood in the stool. You know, most people have seen blood on the toilet paper at some point in their life. It's usually a hemorrhoid or a little tear called a fissure. But again, if it's, if it's becoming a problem and you're in that right age group, don't, don't ignore it. If it's a, a new norm, 
see a doctor, let them make the decision whether this should be checked. If you're having a lot of pain that's not going away, again, not a common symptom of colon cancer, but but a possibility, and if other things have been excluded, it may be a clue to start looking there. And certainly if there's an iron deficiency anemia on a annual blood test, that should be a clue to get it checked. And doctor, just uh, one more thing. So is it every five years normally that you would get a, colon a colonoscopy? Or uh, like you said, if you start to see something that you think is irregular, you might want to, to get it. Uh, yeah, well, so if there's... If there's an irregularity, a physician will make an assessment. Is this something that warrants a checkup, or is there, is, is there a more conservative plan that we could try for a couple weeks just to see if it helps? But in general, if it's a regular screening on an average risk and it's normal, the follow-up is 10 years. If there's polyps, which puts you at a higher risk of forming more polyps, then depending on how many and the size, it might be three years, it might be five years. Again, it's, you're at a higher risk. And certainly if you have a family history, you know, multiple first degree relatives or someone under age 60, those people should be checked at age 40 or 10 years younger than the, the family member that got it. So if you said my okay. mom had colon cancer at age 47, you should be checked at 37. Mm -hmm. All right. That's really, really good to know. Well, my next question is for Eddie Olchick, the NHL All-Star. Eddie, what prompted you to go see a doctor and schedule a cancer screening when you did do it? Well, Laura, for me it was... Uh... You know, I was uh, back in the summer of 2017. I was 50 turning 51. I had a colonoscopy set up for later in the year. And lo and behold, in late July, uh, as Dr. Ruckham uh, put it earlier, I had a problem with a bowel movement. Uh, I couldn't go number two for a couple of days. And I think like most people, um, you go to your local Walgreens and you pick up some Metamucil or you get some prune juice and you, you know, you just expect that it's going to break everything up and then you're going to go to the bathroom and you're going to continue to, you know, you're going to continue to live your life. But for me, it was uh, much more serious. Um, I had a uh, blockage in my colon and I think four days later, uh, I was having uh, an emergency surgery to remove a tumor. Uh, the surgery took six hours, and they told me that they were going to send out the blockage and the tumor, and they were going to let me know what it was. And then on August the 4th of 2017 at 7.07 p.m., I got a call that pretty much changed my life and my family's life forever. And Dr. Scott Strong, one of Dr. Ruckham's teammates over at Northwestern, was on the call and in, you know, being at home and just recovering from the surgery, Laura, the phone rang, uh, and it's a Friday night. And like I said, it was 7.07 PM and up on my TV in my bedroom, uh, my wife happened to be standing with me and it came up on my TV screen that Northwestern hospital was calling me and I let the phone ring and ring, and my wife said, "Are we are we going to answer it?" And I said, "No, because I know what what was going to be on the other line." To get a call from the doctor's office on a Friday night after seven o'clock probably wasn't a good thing. Um, mm -hmm. But I eventually answered the phone, 
And Dr. Scott Strong said to me, uh, you know, Eddie, we've got your results back and you have stage three colon cancer. We're recommending six months of chemotherapy and we'll reassess after that. And the first thing I thought of, Laura, was, well, you know, how long do I have to live? Um, I was a healthy guy. Uh, I played 16 years in the NHL. Proud to say I played five of those years for my hometown team, the Blackhawks. I played my first game as a Blackhawk way back in 1984. I played my 1,000th game in the NHL with the Blackhawks, and then eventually I played my last game and and now proud to, to work for the Blackhawks and the Wirtz family and, and do the games on television here in Chicago. And, um, you know, my life just came to a screeching halt. I, you know, I thought, okay, well, you know, it's been a fun ride, and I played 16 years, and I played in the Olympics, and – but there was no family history. I was fine. I thought it was good. And all of a sudden now I'm like, well, how long do I have? You know, how, you know, how long do I have to live? And uh, for me, it was uh, an incredible support staff. My wife, Diana, of almost 33 years, has been with me every step of the way. Um, the team of doctors led by Dr. Ruckham and, and Strong and, and Dr. Mary Mulcahy, Dr. Michael Terry, you know, they guided me, they helped me through, and, and, and look at, Laura, I'll be quite honest, is, is when I was going through the chemo treatments, and I would get them every two weeks for 48 hours at Northwestern, and I had 12 set up, in treatment two, it, 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 it tested my will to live. I was ready to quit, and I had never quit in anything in my life. Um, the side effects just brought me to my knees, uh, nosebleed all the time, neuropathy, um, you know, I developed a blood clot and, uh, I would just go to the bathroom without knowing or needing to go. I would just go to the bathroom and I was ready to quit. I, I just was, uh, it brought me to my knees and I'm like, how am I going to live like this today? And I still have another five months of this and I don't even know what the hell is on the other side. And my wife grabbed me and gave me the greatest inspirational speech I ever had. And she just, when I wanted to quit and I was at my lowest, my wife, Diana, just grabbed me and said, look, you got to fight. you got to fight for me. You have to fight for our kids. And you got to fight for all the people that love you. And we had a moment that uh, lasted 30 minutes, and I cried for 35 of it. And I just put my hockey helmet back on. I said, look, it, I'm just going to go day to day. I'm just going to fight. And I'm not going to worry about what the end result is. And, and you know, look, it, I, I was very much, for as scared as I was, Laura, for as, as much pain that I was in, um, I was very much at peace when I was going through this battle, and I think that really helped me. And, and I think, you know, the Cliff Notes version of that is is, is I, I've always, I don't know where I learned it, but I, I've always let the most important people in my life know how I felt about them, to let them know that, you know what, my life is way better with you in it, and I want you to know that because, God forbid, if something would happen to me and you didn't know how I felt about you, that would really bother me. And I've always told you know, my friends and my family and my wife, oh, nothing's going to happen. Don't talk like that. You know, people don't want to hear that. But I was very much at peace. So I think that helped me get through the most difficult time of my life. And, you know, I wrote a book about this, Laura, uh, not only about my, my life as a hockey player and as a, as a, as a, a person in the community and, my Olympic journey and growing up in Chicago and all I ever wanted to do was to play hockey and play for the Blackhawks. But a lot of my book is about my colon cancer battle. And, and, and my goal is, is to, 
if we can help one person, if I could help one, inspire one person to go get tested or to help them get through and say, hey, you know what, this guy, you know, in, in air quotation, somebody in the public eye went through these same battles of, of you know, of having these feelings of, of wanting to give up and, and, and being scared and being worried, but then also know that, hey, you know what, you know, I can fight. If he can do it, if that old broken down hockey player can do it, Eddie Olchek can do it. Well, then I certainly can do it too. And um, I'm very proud of the book. It'll probably be the only book that uh, that I write, Laura. And uh, there are no crayons with this book, just for the record, because I know some of my friends asked that question if there was any crayons that came with this book. But uh, no, there are. This is Eddie. not a coloring book. Um, but I'm very proud of it. Of the and book, uh, the Eddie. unbelievable support I got from Dr. Ruckham and the staff at Northwestern. Uh, I wouldn't be here today without their without their help and the uh, medical professionals that I got there. Eddie, tell us the name of the book, please. Yeah, it's uh, Beating the Odds in Hockey and in Life. You can get it at any of your local bookstore or order it online. And uh, I'm very, very proud of it. Had some incredible people behind the scenes help me through. Perry Lefko um, helped me write this book. And, uh, again, I, the 16 months of pen to paper, Laura, if I can help one person, like I said earlier, or Dr. Rockham and I being on your show and you have a great following uh, in our great city, is if we can help one person, uh, then it was well worth uh, the 15 months of pen to paper for me with my book or the 20 minutes that we got a chance to spend with you on your show. Well, I am absolutely inspired myself. I know for a fact someone is going to hear this and it's going to make the entire difference in their life. So I, I can't thank you enough, both of you, Dr. Ruckham, gastroenterology specialist at Northwestern Medicine Digestive Health Center in Chicago, Eddie Olchick, former NHL All-Star and an analyst for the Chicago Blackhawks with this incredibly inspiring story. We're so glad uh, you're, it sounds like you're on the other side of it and you have this uh, great book, Beating the Odds. Is that what it's called again? Yep. Yeah, beating the odds in hockey okay. and in life. Yeah, proud to say three years clean and clear, cancer-free, and uh, uh, very lucky and blessed to uh, to be on the right side of the grass. Well, I, I have chills. Thank you so much for sharing your incredibly personal and an amazing story of perseverance and, and then through the healing itself and to, for your family. And, Doctor, thank you so much for bringing awareness. Even though March is the colorectal awareness month uh, for – for this type of cancer, um, every month should be. It's something that uh, we all want to stay on top of in our lives, and we're so grateful for your expertise today. To both of you, thank you for joining us. And I know that the uh, website to go to is nm.org, N as in Nancy, M as in Mary, nm.org slash DHC for more information. You're listening to The Way Home. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. My main focus was I want to be healthy. I don't want to be sick. I don't want to get a cold. I don't want to get the flu. I was just trying to make sure that I can get up each day and not go, oh, my gosh, I feel like crap. I don't even want to get out of bed. I wanted to, like, all right, let's go. And uh, I feel like I've accomplished that. I got the energy that I need, and uh, I don't get sick, and it's uh, it's good. So I'm attributing that to uh, the balance of nature. And it's uh, it's like, wow, man, this is this is great. 
Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code LARA. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. Well, it's been an absolutely great night. Anytime you can um, help people with good information and also uh, have a musician on. I just love talking to musicians. They um, they keep our world going, especially when uh, times are like this past year. We really turn to music and art and culture to keep us feeling like we're human again. It was wonderful to have Elliot Lewis um, and Eddie Olchick on uh, tonight. But uh, it's also great to always have my guru of good news to turn to and my wonderful engineer, Bob Small is his name. He throws the whole show together. If it wasn't for him, well, I'd be uh, afraid to think of, well, the show just wouldn't happen. Let's put it that way. So grateful to you, Bob Small and uh, Jimmy Cleefield, also known as Jimmy Dean, uh, my guru of good news. Uh, we like to kibitz and talk about wonderful things that have happened in the world in this past week when the rest of the world is talking about some of the sadder things. We like to focus on all the good that's happening as well. It's about the only way to keep the balance, I think. So great to have you guys. Thank you so much. Good to see you as always. Well, we're going to start you off in Connecticut, uh, I guess, for the first one, right? Well, these postal carriers, I must say, I mean, hats off to them. I mean, they work so hard, not only during the pandemic, but really all year round. But here's the story of a U.S. postal carrier that delivered in a far different way by saving somebody's life. It actually happened recently in Seymour, Connecticut. And uh, what happened was Edward Bomba... As a public works worker in Connecticut, uh, he unfortunately had uh, fallen to the ground. And nearby, there was a U.S. postal worker by the name of Robert Dillon, who was uh, Johnny on the spot right there. I mean, he helped save his life. He helped resuscitate him uh, through chest compressions. I guess a little some CPR going on there. And uh, Edward's wife, Lisa, said that uh, normally people his age do not survive this. I mean, their chances are very, very slim. But in this case, this was an absolute miracle. Edward recalled he was blue. He thought he was a goner. No way. I mean, it was a miracle. Edward, who happens to be a grandfather, uh, he was on a ventilator for three days after what had happened, but is now on the road to recovery. He's on the mend. That's very good news. And he had called Robert to thank him and told him, you know something, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here right now, he said. And to call him and say thank you was such an understatement, he said, because thank you just isn't enough. This came from Lisa, the the wife of the the man who uh, had the incident there. He said, I don't even think he realizes exactly what he did because he truly was a lifesaver, this postal worker. So uh, yeah. that's off to him. That's a great story about a uh, postal worker, which you don't often hear great stories about yeah. postal workers. They just don't get enough well, credit for things like yeah. that. However, this past year in the pandemic, we they became heroes because while we were all sheltering in place and not leaving and going anywhere, there they were out doing what they do. And every, you know, every day, I just, my hat's off. I'm, I'm very grateful for the postal workers, truly am. It reminds me actually of a time, now this isn't a postal worker, but when my daughter was very little, she's in her 30s now, but when she was a little girl, like maybe three or four, we were, I can't remember what it was, but I had parked the car and she was getting out of her car seat to get down out of the car. Well, at that very moment, the guy, the, the guy who gives the 
uh, traffic tickets because your meter has run out. The meter may die. <laughs> um, the one that everybody doesn't like in, in your small town because you get a ticket on your window if you if your quarter ran out type of thing. Yeah. And he was kind of everybody knew him as that. And so he didn't you know, not many people were very nice to him because they only knew him when they were getting a ticket. Well, it just so happens on this particular day, my little girl got out of the car. She tripped on the seatbelt and fell onto the street, which was, you know, off of where the cars were going by, but in between two cars, that ticket man ran, literally ran over to her and scooped her up and, and, you know, squeezed her and said, are you okay? And, and checked her knees because she had scraped her knees and she was crying and he was there. And I will never forget that for as long as I live. Now that was close to like 30 years ago. I just saw him very recently. I don't wow. think he has that job anymore. I think he has retired. Jeez, I hope. Um, but I never, ever had a bad thought or word for him again because I was forever grateful. He, he, his real humanity came out. And, you know, people get, these, get stigmatized by some of the jobs they have. So to the postal workers that kept bringing us mail all this time during the pandemic and every day, and uh, to that meter guy, uh, you know what? They're, they're, there's humans in all uniforms. So anyway, I just thought I would throw that in. For That's a great story. And then. This... What else do you have for us there, Jimmy? Any other good stories? I know you do. Yes. And this one I really love. Now, I never joined a fraternity. I tried to pledge one many, many years ago, but that's a whole other story. But there was a group of frat brothers out of LSU in Baton Rouge not that long ago who banded together and paid off the mortgage of a woman who was kind of like the den mother, you might say, uh, the woman who was cooking for them, making breakfast, your lunch, your dinner, and taking them to appointments. Her name is Jessie Hamilton. She's 74 years old. She's retired now and unfortunately has not been able to pay her mortgage. So one of the frat brothers by the name of uh, Andrew Frashotti, uh, 30 years later, since she uh, left years ago, she used to work there, I think, until about 1996 um, as the resident cook, and just wonder how she's been doing all these years. Mm. He said, well, not so good. I've not been able to pay my mortgage, and I'm retired, and I kind of need some help. Well, all of a sudden, uh, they raised the money for her. She needed $45,000 to pay off this mortgage, I think, in about 16 years. Mm. Uh, and The odds were not in her favor. Well, not only do they raise the 45000 to help pay off her mortgage, here's the better part of this. They raise thousands of dollars more for this woman to not only pay off the mortgage, but to buy anything she wants or do anything she wants. Over $51,000 plus. Wow. And uh, just, just something, because, I mean, let's face it, she got up early in the morning, 4 a.m. every day, mm. and they never forgot that. I mean, they just showed, they just cared. And it just says, and Fashadi went on to say this, how inspiring she is and, uh, and how much she's meant to us. We love her dearly. And there's showing that love by uh, taking action and backing it up with this kind of support. So now she gets to not only enjoy retirement, but she's got to pay off home, and she is living the best life she could be. Wow, that's fantastic. That is just incredible. That yeah. is amazing. Were you in a fr fraternity, Bob Small? No, I was not. So you were an independent like me. Uh, well, I don't think there were any fraternities on my school at no. that point. No, it was one of those schools that had no fraternities yet. I see. I don't know what it's doing now, but. What school did you go to, Bob? It was called Post College in Waterbury. Oh, okay. Oh, Waterbury, Connecticut. Yes. yes. And I went Very to a small good. school in what, Ohio. What was your major? What was your major, Bob? I didn't have a major. It was a junior college, so it was only two years. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. So. Well, you ended up in radio. That's true. Well, I went or to Connecticut what? School of Broadcasting, too. So did I. Yeah. 
Are you going on 40 years for radio now? Okay, I'm going on 40 years. I'm not close to it yet. Not that close. Okay. But you can say I'm going on 40, yes. Okay. Well, that's exciting. And, uh, (laughs) yes, and I was never in a sorority, but I can only imagine cleaning up after frat boys. Mm -hmm. That woman. Oh, yeah. She qualifies for, I mean, wow, all that she got and then some. She must be a saint. She is. I mean, <laughs> and for them to remember her after 30 years, it wasn't like they just graduated and did this mitzvah to her. They actually, this this happened many, many years ago. They they rallied around her. And one of them, or a few of them, kept in touch with her, I believe the story goes, yes. which is how they knew that she had fallen on hard uh, times. Mm-hmm, but I they see. never forgot how loving she was to them. So it was always what there an incredible thing. Yeah, yeah. really. Beautiful story. All right. Well, I don't know about you, but I feel better. Good. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) These good stories do make you feel better. You know, I think it's like, it's kind of like that uh, Japanese scientist who did the water experiments, and he would put droplets of water on the microscope, uh, the little plates of glass, and put them under the microscope. And when he said hateful, mean words over the water, they would turn into these grotesque shapes under the micro, micro, uh, scope. My, my microscope. Thank you. I, I can, I need to go back to school. And when he said beautiful words over it, any word, it could be like love or happiness or joy, they would turn into these crystallized, they looked like the most beautiful rainbow snowflakes underneath the glass it was just an incredible thing i think it's called experiments in water or something like that matsumoto might be his name but try to check it out because Hmm. it just goes to show you that elements including people's hearts and minds when you hear beautiful words you expand into beauty when you don't you retract and uh, so there we have it that's our good news spot for the day I love you guys. You guys are my good news every week. Love you Bob too. Small, thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you. Thank you. Very good. Yes. And you too, Jim Cleefield. Thanks a lot for the great stories. Thank you. Per usual. And thank you again, once again, to my guests, Elliot Lewis and Eddie Olchek. And don't forget, you can always listen to our podcast here at WLSAM.com slash podcast and go to the way home with laura smith they're all up there and uh we just love to keep you entertained all week long until next week's show lots of love and have a beautiful week from the way home i'm laura smith